0: The NHL waits for no team, and we're going to talk about it on today's episode of Locked on Flames. You're Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Locked on Flames. I am your host Nick Zeraris holding it down while Jess is feeling a little bit under the weather. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So on today's show we are going to try and contextualize last night's loss to the Colorado Avalanche where the Flames played pretty well for about 35 to 40 minutes of a 60-minute game, and we're going to talk about what that type of game kind of says about the state of the team and where the Flames kind of fit into the bigger picture of the NHL. Thank you, everyone, for making this your first listen of the day, Locked On, where we got your team covered every single day. So, I woke up this morning with a very weird feeling about the Flames based on how they played against Colorado last night. It was a busy sports night, you know, two Monday night football games. was a lot going on, but I I made time to watch the Flames. I rewatched the highlights this morning and just something feels off, something ever so slightly feels off. And I was trying to think of a way to articulate it. I was trying to think of a way that would make it make sense in a non-hockey context because... Everybody who watches the Flames can kind of glean that something's off. There's something ever so slightly that just it's not working, that there are talented players on this team. Yeah, they have redundant skill sets. A lot of guys who do the same thing, who have the same type of skills, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. The issue they have is with so many guys with similar skill sets, it is really hard for them against certain teams play well because other teams have more diverse skill sets and it allows them to do more things from a hockey standpoint and i was trying to think what what other domain is the the margin of error that small where even the slightest course curtain there where even something being slightly off course ever so much slightly off rhythm doesn't work and then i thought the word rhythm and that very naturally very quickly brought me very quickly brought me to whiplash the uh the movie from about, I want to say it's 10 years ago now, the Damien Chazelle movie, where Miles Teller is the drummer in the jazz band, and J.K. Simmons is like the devil incarnate is the instructor. That, that's exactly what came to mind when I was thinking about the flames, because to the untrained ear, so someone who doesn't know music, it's really hard to tell if the drummer is dragging or playing too fast. There are multiple blowups in that movie where J.K. Simmons blows up on Miles Teller and the other alternate drummer, where are you Are you fast or are you dragging? Are you fast or are you dragging? It, you don't know? That's even worse. And when it comes to the Flames, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, where they are all trying to do the best they can. Individually, they are all relatively decent hockey players. Sure, there are guys who don't have big track records. There are guys who, you know, waiver claims, who are 13th forwards, 12th forwards, or injury replacements just trying to find their way. But these guys are all pretty good at what they do. You know, they cleared the benchmark to make it to the NHL. They are amongst the best couple hundred hockey players in the entire world. So if they're there and they've been able to get there successfully to this point, what's inhibiting them from being successful long-term? What's inhibiting those individual pieces from coming together and being successful? What's not working? In my mind, it really is just a matter of these small details, these small margins that aren't working for them. You think about the turnovers in the neutral zone, the neutral zone plays where the passes are getting forced to the middle because people don't want to make a mistake, and that's another impact you see in the movie Whiplash, where, where because everybody in the band is so terrified of being screamed at by the instructor, they're all on edge. They're all terrified of making a mistake, and then when a mistake does get made, the blow-up is even worse. That's really the conundrum the Flames are facing right now because they didn't deserve to lose last night. They played well enough where if you score that many goals in an NHL game, it takes something going wrong for you to not win that game. That's really the big takeaway I had from last night where all it takes is a couple small mistakes, a couple small mistakes over the course of an entire game. And it's very cliche where you hear coaches say, well, we didn't play a full 60 minutes. We got to have our effort consistent. I pose you this humble listener of locked on flames. When was the last time you were fully engaged for an entire hour at work? Not, not, not just, you know, doing your job, but when's the last time for a full hour you worked straight through? You didn't have a stray thought, you didn't take a sip of water, you didn't cough, you didn't sneeze. When's the last time you were fully engaged for an hour? And that's gonna bring us to something we're gonna talk about in the second segment: the illusion of a plan, you know, your margin of error, how realistic is your plan? Does that make it actually a plan, or is that more of a dream? But before we get there, we, we gotta unpack this idea a little bit, a little bit more. The idea that even though there's talent it's very clearly not enough the talent they have does not work together the way they have it if the if the band isn't on tune if every little detail isn't perfect that may, that means your margin for error is so microscopic that you need to reevaluate things and again i i just did another tease to the second segment so you should hang around to listen to that but the the conundrum for the flames is they still got to play the rest of the season Everybody involved in the organization, every single Flames fan, pe- hockey fans at large know the Flames at best are an average team. They are middle of the pack in most of the key statistical categories. They're middle of the pack in the standings. They're not going to set the world on fire, but they're not going to be the San Jose Sharks. When you are that type of team, it's very easy for you to feel like you're getting left behind, that you're getting, you're missing the boat on what your team is supposed to be doing. This was supposed to be the first step in the direction of the new Calgary Flames the last year was an affirmation that what worked in the past wasn't going to work anymore. So we needed to have a more player centric, a more team fr- excuse me, a more player centric, a more hospitable environment for players to operate in. And that would bring better elements of individual guys games out that would allow them a little more creativity and a little less freedom living to, a little more freedom to live in mistake free. Wow. Words are hard. A little more freedom to live less in fear of mistakes. There we go. Words are hard, but, wow, that was a turn of a phrase. But, yeah, when the Flames made the decisions they made in the offseason, they didn't bring Brad back. They fired Daryl Sutter. They changed the GM. They changed the coach. They named Backling Captain. They did everything they could to try and inspire, hey, We have the pieces of a good band here. We just got to start playing on rhythm. We just got to start. We got to play on beat. We got to be on our notes and we can't be missing anything. And that's still not working. When you have gone through multiple permutations of the same plan where you did the same forward group as last year, more or less, you changed one or two guys, you changed the coach, you changed the GM, you named a captain, you gave that captain an extension. You did everything you could to try and set yourself up to prove last year was a fluke. You are 25-ish games into the following season, and the results are by and large the same. The Flames have good games, they have bad games, and they have a lot of games where they're just kind of there. They're, They're in these games, they play hard, it's not like they're slacking, it's not like they're showing a lack of effort to compete, they just don't have the talent to play the way the NHL is trending right now, and that's really been the issue for them. And coming up next, we're going to talk about the illusion of a plan, the idea of if your plan is really difficult, is it actually a plan? But first, we are going to talk about Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. I don't think Nazem Kadri is going to hit the 50-goal uh, the fifty threshold, mark, but he could. The Calgary Flames, maybe they turn it all the way around. Maybe they go on a crazy Cinderella run and win the Stanley Cup. You could win big playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. If I was trying 100 times my money, I would be looking at players that are consistently producing. Guys like Kel McCarr, guys like Nathan McKinnon, guys like Miko Rantanen, guys like Jason Robertson, guys like uh, David Posternock, you know, consistent point getters. And then you got to tally those with other guys who have less consistent odds. Maybe a defenseman who runs a second power play somewhere, like an Eric Gustafson on the Rangers, something like that. What do we I use sleeper in my everyday life? I run multiple. I am in multiple dynasty leagues on the sleeper app for other sports. Sleeper has the best interface of any fantasy app It is the easiest to use and has the most detailed information within it. And you can get in on the action. All you have to do is pick whether or not star players like McDavid, McCarr, Crosby, McKinnon will record more or less than their projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus for a given game. To win a hundred times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight stats. You heard me, Flames fans. You can hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks to win big. Use promo code locked on and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us and locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. So I always talk about, do you have a plan or do you have a dream from a sports perspective? There are a lot of general managers who are pitching their owner and their fan base on a dream. Let me ha- tell you how that pitch goes. We have a couple of really good players. We have a couple guys who can be 60, 70-point guys. We have a couple guys who are 40, 50-point guys. We have an above-average goalie. All we got to do is make the playoffs, and then when we get in there, the style of hockey we play – it's really good in the playoffs. So even if we don't have as much finishing talent as some of the better teams we're going to come up against in those playoffs, we're so good defensively. We have so much grit, we have so much intangibles. We have a good goalie. All it takes four wins. You can be you don't have to be a better than the other team. You just got to beat them four times in seven tries. That's the elevator pitch that a lot of general managers give their ownership and their fan base a given year. And on occasion, it happens. You think about the St. Louis Blues. You think about the original Vegas Golden Knights. You think about the LA Kings a decade a decade ago, the Florida Panthers last year, the Montreal Canadiens two years ago. It does happen on occasion. The issue I have with that mindset as being your, your organization's MO is it is in frequent if your plan every year is we just need to get in the playoffs and anything can happen you are not making progress in your organizational goals if you are not improving your roster enough that you can say go from hey okay our goal this year is to make the playoffs but next year we want to be one of the three divisional teams that makes a playoff spot we don't want to be a wild card we want to make a five to ten standings points improvement to go from the wild card team to division team that gives us home ice That gives us more advantages. It puts us higher up in the bracket and will allow us to play lower quality teams. That is the conundrum I have and why I don't particularly buy what a lot of teams, including the Flames, are selling in this regard. On paper, the Flames have a talented forward group. You think about it from just players, individual players, not how they fit together. Huberto. Huberto is different because he's very clearly not what he was in Florida because he was riding coattails with a really good player. But Huberto is a useful hockey player. He has some upside. On a more offense-oriented team and with a play driver to complement him, I think Jonathan Huberto can be a 70 to 80 point forward. Nazem Kadri is a really good second-line center on a good team. You start going down the lineup. Backlund, Coleman, Manjapani. And then we didn't, We haven't even mentioned the defense yet where you've got a legitimately really good one through four when everyone's healthy. When everyone's healthy, Tanev, Tanafin, McKenzie Weger Rasmus Anderson, that's one of the best one through fours in the entire NHL on the back end. And then Jacob Markstrom has shown the ability to occasionally be a top eight seven goalie in the entire NHL there are not a lot of goalies who have even shown that let alone to be a top five goalie like Markstrom has done once or twice so on paper individual pieces I understand the idea all of these guys a lot of energy really good four checkers inclined to play dump and chase really like physical play All of that stuff translates well to the playoffs. You think about some of the teams that have gone further in the playoffs than they probably should have. It seems like the Islanders. It seems like the Flyers a couple of years ago where Carter Hart went on the really good heater in the bubble. It's teams like the Panthers. It's teams that are able to muck it up, slow down more talented teams, force them into rock fight type games. And then when the game is in that chaotic state where it only takes one bounce to win a game. That's where those types of players are able to make a real impact. When you have quality depth throughout your lineup, you are able to make things happen. The issue for the Flames, you cannot win in today's NHL without multiple superstars. Period. You can't. You look around the league at the best teams consistently year over year. To get far in the playoffs, you need elite talent. And not just good players. There are plenty of teams like the Hurricanes, like the Rangers, Like the Bruins, like the Leafs that have really good players. But when they get into a best of seven series against another team, sometimes the other team just has better horses, man. If the other team has better individual stars and their stars cancel out your stars, it comes down to your depth guys. And if their depth guys are better than your depth guys, you're going to have a hard time winning more frequently. And that's really where I get to this idea of the illusion of a plan. If something is impractical, is that a plan? If you're, you know, 47 years old, and you've been a teacher your entire life, is saying I want to move to LA and become an actor a plan or a dream? Those are two very different things. Those are very different professions. They are not correlated to each other. You don't have the inroads. You don't have a network to expand yourself out. I'm not saying it's not a good thing to have dreams. Dreams are good. They guide you in a general direction. But unless you have tangible steps to take within your plan to achieve it, It's not a goal, it's a dream. The Flames say their goal is to win the Stanley Cup. How are they gonna go from we're like 17th best team in the league to winning the Stanley Cup? Don't tell me it's make the playoffs and upset Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, the Oilers, the Kings, the the Wild, if the Wild make the playoffs, the Oilers, if the Oilers make the playoffs, the Coyotes. Don't tell me that's a plan, to be an underdog in every single one of your series and find a way to win under, despite overwhelming odds, despite the fact that it's really unlikely to happen. Don't tell me that's a plan because it's not, it is not a plan to vaguely say, we're good. We can just make the playoffs, but it's going to take a lot just to make the playoffs. And that ties back to what I was talking about before this idea of the band playing on, on time. If the slightest thing is off, and the rest of the band starts to drag or play too fast because the drummer's off, that changes your recipe. If you are on that cutting at room floor, if you are within that margin of error, which most NHL games are, there's a reason NHL spreads are always one and a half is because they want you to bet that empty net goal going the other way. If you think your team's going to win, you need that empty net goal. That's why books do that. So if you are within one goal most of the time, and it's largely just year over year. Some years you win those one-goal games. Sometimes you have last year what happened to the Flames where you lose pretty much every single one-goal game. But that's really that's not a selling point to me. If the goal of the team is to make the playoffs and try and sneak their way in, upset three favorites just to make the cup final and then play another team as that's going to be the favorite, that's not a plan. You can say one thing, but you've got to hope as a Flames fan, and I'll end this segment on this note, that the Flames aren't under the illusion they can actually win with this team. If the Flames genuinely think they can win a Stanley Cup with this team, their brain trust, their GM, their coach, their owner, they are delusional. And they are not to be trusted for anything, any decisions they make hockey-wise, okay? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually mean it. And that's kind of the last point I'll leave you with. If they say this is their plan publicly, but behind closed doors, they know, hey, we're just trying to get people in the door to not be totally apathetic about the team as we go through this transition period. Okay, I can... I can understand the need to have a different message publicly than what you're doing internally. I can, competitively, and just from a business perspective of, you need to keep people invested in the team, even if it's not particularly good. Before we move on and talk about some of the lineup decisions, the injury problems the Flames may or not be facing, we are going to talk about our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the Stanley Cup is what keeps your ride or die alive Back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Thank everyone hanging out on this Tuesday afternoon. Locked on has the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 seven covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of locked on. Plus our national show is covering every league. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. So I was watching the game last night and I very quickly realized, uh, Pospacil disappeared. AJ Greer disappeared, and Adam Razicka disappeared. And uh can have disappeared too, but that was different. That was he genuine, he was hurt. That wasn't a coach's decision. 15 seconds into the game. I didn't like the hit from Ross Colton. It's an unnecessary hit. And I, I know my opinion on hitting is in the minority when it comes to hockey fans. It doesn't really do anything for my my enjoyment of the game. I don't need hitting to be eliminated, but. It doesn't phase me if they entirely just ban body check if they ban checking the way it is in men's hockey and they transitioned it a little more towards what it is in women's hockey. That wouldn't bother my opinion. I wouldn't really care in all honesty, but uh, the distinction I would use in that case is it's unnecessary. The player Tanev has his back to the to where he's getting hit from. He is not able to see someone is coming. He is not able to defend himself. He has leaned over slightly, and Tanev goes face first into the dasher. You never want to see that play happen, and the reason it's frustrating is it's a lack of respect for, your, for somebody you're playing against. You can be physical. You can be antagonistic. You can be rough. When you throw a hit like that, it says, I don't care what happens to the guy I'm hitting. There is a way to throw that hit in a way that is not dangerous, that is more about pressuring the player into moving the puck then trying to rearrange their brainstem that is always the opinion I will have on hitting in hockey I understand its use it it does have use for guys who aren't as good with their stick and not as good of skaters that they are able to compensate for that by using their body to separate the player or they had has the puck from the puck I understand that wholly I don't disagree with that I understand the value of that it's an unnecessary hit if Ross Colton just rides him into the boards as opposed to cleaning him into the boards. Tanov doesn't get hurt, and the Flames aren't forced to play with five defensemen all night. My other point for talking about choices, injuries, so you're already down one defenseman, and then you're effectively going to play your fourth line, you know, one every three shifts. Excuse me. One out of every three shifts they would normally play. Most fourth liners, some kill penalties, some don't. Some don't. Most... There are very few fourth liners who play power play, but for the purposes of the conversation, there are very few fourth liners who play power play. So it's going to be hard to get a lot of minutes of ice time when you don't play special teams to begin with. When you are on the fourth line, you don't have offensive upside. You don't really play deep. You don't play anything particularly at a high level, but you're more of a generalist. It is really difficult to get ice time. I agree. I understand. A fourth liner should be getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 11 minutes. 11 to 12 if they're playing penalty kill. We can make that concession from my perspective. But if you're going to play your fourth line, five minutes, eight minutes, six minutes, like they did last night with their fourth liners, Rajic, Grill, and Pospisil, you're you're handicapping yourself. You're shorthanding yourself. You're only playing with nine forwards and five defensemen. And that's not to say I don't understand the need to shorten the bench in certain environments that sometimes you're going to need more, more from your better players. but it's a regular season game in December. You had a multi-goal lead. You blew your multi-goal lead. All you did was tire out your best players and make them play more against a good team. I understand that sometimes you're trying to ride the hot hand, play what's working, but you got to get your fourth line in there. And in the case of Pospisil and you know these are younger guys you still kind of want to get a feel for. Pospisil, is not the most flashy, he's not the most exciting, but he has shown a little bit of juice in his game. Same thing with Connor Zeri, who has been impactful since he has been called up. Fosbacil is probably a nothing burger at the NHL level. He's probably, you know, a tenth, a ninth forward. Hey, you you find one more ninth, tenth forward, you either got one of those guys or you turn him into a third or fourth round pick down the road. So you want to give these guys opportunities to play, riding them riding your top dogs there are games where that's necessary to play them more minutes to kind of try and do whatever you can to win the game and i understand that was a game the flames really wanted based on how the weekend had gone losing to the devils but you need to find a way when you are managing your bench to not lose guys i understand one time thing but we talk about this in relation to what happened to dylan dubay last week jess and i did an entire 30 minute episode about dylan dubay about how his time on ice has changed his role on the team has changed but you have got to give guys opportunities to do things, and you can't override your best players, especially when your best players aren't those types of workhorse guys. It's one thing if the Avalanche want to tell Cale McCarr, hey, we're going to need you know, 28, 29 minutes from you. Tell Nathan McKinnon, hey, we're going to need you know, 25, 26 as opposed to 22, 23. And that's already a lot of minutes for a forward. But when you're Nathan McKinnon, your team can lean on you a little bit. Who on the Flames? Do you want giving you that extra ice time? I'm going to pull up the box score right now. It's bad, bad format of me to not have it up as I'm making this point. But when you're thinking about the Flames, who on their team, you know, do you need out there with that much ice time? So sorted of by ice time Rasmus Anderson, 29, Noah Hannafing, 25, Mackenzie Weger, 25, Dennis Gilbert, 20 minutes. Those are your five defensemen, makes sense. Lindholm, 20 minutes, Backland, 19 minutes, Sharon Govich, Manjapani, Kadri, Huberto. Huberto, Coleman, Zary Dube, and then big drop-off where you get to Greer, Razichka, Pospisil, who were all under 10 minutes. So more than likely than not, you're seeing those bumps, those minutes from Rizicka Pospisil, and Greer going to guys like Dube and Zary and Solyov, which I'm not terribly, not Soliyov. Soliyov's a defenseman, excuse me. I'm not terribly opposed to the occasional needing to ride your star players, but in a game like this, this early in the season, don't lose your fourth line only over to overwork your best players, your best players are tired and you lose the game because you blew a lead late. I'm not saying there's a direct correlation between the two that because the star players played more minutes, they were tired, blew the game, etc. but it's within the realm of possibility that that was the case. That will just about do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. make sure you are subscribed to locked on Flames wherever you get your podcast. we got your team covered every single day. I will see you guys with just two. Morrow.